Welcome back to For the Ell of It, a lifestyle podcast where I talk to everyday people about life and lessons learned while inspiring you to do things just for the hell of it. I'm your host, Ellie Topinka. Today, I am talking with the one, the only, one of my very best friends, Tiffany McLeod. Tiffany and I have been through a lot of seasons of life together, and so far, my favorite has been motherhood. However, our motherhood experiences are different and will continue to be because not only is she raising girls and I have a boy, so far at least, but she is also raising two biracial children. Today, we talk about how different it has been for her compared to her first daughter, what has been hard, what she wants people to know, and more. So without further ado, let's get into it. Tiffany, welcome to For the Elevate. Thank you. I'm so excited. We're finally doing this. Um, yes. Tiffany is one of my very best friends, and she's also my hairdresser and my sounding board and someone who keeps me fed with good food. And <laughs> when I'm not pregnant, good cocktails. <laughs> she's yes. very, she is the queen of a fancy cocktail, if you know her well. Um, mm-hmm. And we have been friends for, well, a while, but we graduated from high school together, but then we weren't really close until post-college, and then we just kind of were, like, inseparable ever since, and now we're just yep. doing doing life together from a couple hours away, but still For get sure. to see you and love on you as much as I possibly can, so, um, yes. and truly, I've told this story before, but truly, this podcast would not be happening without you because... <laughs> She is the one who I think I talked about it in my like very open. I don't remember if it was the very opening episode or what, which one it was exactly. But I talked about how I had kind of been thinking about it, about how I just love podcasting and or love listening to podcasts. And then one day I just literally thought to myself, like, I kind of want to do this. And literally that same day, like that night, she texted me just completely out of the blue, which is so you like she'll text me the most <laughs> random shit at the most <laughs> random times I'm like where did that come from and she I'll just that. yeah and, and she just goes have you ever thought of not hi not hey how was your day it was have you ever thought of doing a podcast and I was like what the heck like it was the weirdest <laughs> thing and so I was like okay it's a sign I have to do it so yeah that was fate for sure yeah, it was. That was just weird... like God channeling through me. Yeah, <laughs> literally, it was the strangest thing. So, mm-hmm. I am very thankful that you pushed me because I don't know that I would have necessarily taken the leap, or at least not when I did. So, sure. um, but anyways, I just so... saw it. I'm just just seeing it and calling it like it is. You know? I know and you'd be good at it, and here you are thriving. So, uh, well, thank you. So I'm going to have you introduce yourself, and then we'll kind of jump in to the topic. And feel free to share whatever you want. Yeah, so my name's Tiffany. I'm from Hastings. I went to high school with Ellie. I now live in Caledonia with my fiance, Brian. We have three kids. I have one from a previous relationship that's 14. We have two girls together. Um, I have a two, we have a two and a half year old and a six month old. I am a hairdresser. So I, we built a salon off of our home in Caledonia um like god three years ago I think at least two years ago I know I forget honestly but something like that two three years ago and um so I work part-time doing that it's my passion I love it um and and then I am also a part-time stay-at-home mom 
So yes, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Okay, so we're going to be talking about um, a very important topic regarding race, um, but more specifically, what it has been like for Tiffany to raise biracial children. So um, if you know Tiffany or know Brian or know them together as a couple, um, you know that Tiffany is white and Brian is Korean. And so their two daughters that they have together are biracial. And so I just thought it would be an interesting conversation um, for me to learn from, but for others to learn from too. And um, and as Tiffany has stated in the beginning, she has a daughter from a previous relationship um, who is her literal mini me, <laughs> completely <laughs> identical. It's actually kind of crazy. Um, and so kind of having children that look all different, but they're all biologically related, you know? And so I thought this would be kind of a fun one to do um, and hopefully very educational. So if you want to kind of just like explain a little bit um, mm-hmm about your family obviously I just kind of gave a little bit of like detail but if you want to explain kind of how you look and how this all came together yeah um yeah so I I have a daughter with um with someone that I was in a relationship prior and yeah like I like you said um people like usually stop me like strangers and tell us how much we look alike um so that's been my experience with parenting for 12 years. And then, um, you know, I met Brian, uh, we've been together a long Gosh, time. I met him like, yeah, yeah. I met him like seven or eight. It had to have been like eight years ago. Yeah. Um, and you know, we kind of had like a strange courtship, but, um, <laughs> we started dating like five years ago and, you know, now we have the two kids and, and I obviously have a very different, like these children people don't see and, and think like, Oh my God, they look just like you. Like that's definitely not people's reaction uh, when they see them. So it is just a strange thing kind of navigating that. And I never thought that um, it was something that I like needed or wanted. Like I want my kids to look like me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe like deep down, it's like something that you like, you hope you want yeah yeah yeah. you want to see a a version of yourself and your kids but like I don't know I I didn't realize it until I was questioned about it in like some of the instances that I've experienced um like just how much I didn't um I underestimated what it would be like to to not have my children like be my clone and be my little mini me, you know, like right. I didn't, I didn't know what that would feel like until I was in that position. And, and it just came with like some loaded feelings, you know? And yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's funny that you say like, you know, you didn't think that it would be that big of a deal and like coming from someone who is very white and her husband mm-hmm. is very white and has a very white child. Right. He, he looks nothing like me. Like he looks <laughs> just like his dad. Just yeah. like Jordan. So sure. it, it's it's completely a different scenario, but I can understand when, you know, people will say to me, Oh my God, he is Jordan's I- identical twin. He looks nothing like you, you know, and no one's yeah. saying it to be malicious. It is For the sure. absolute truth. But I'm like, Yeah. But I, I did birth him, you know, like, right. you're like, did, I carried him. Yeah, he did come from me, you know, so it's like, yeah, it's just like a part. I think it's kind of a maternal thing a little bit. And it's also yes. not it's also kind of like a pride thing in some ways. You're like, I definitely cr- I created this being and I like want yes. them to, you know, and they absolutely are be a part of, you, right. you know, but yeah, I Here, can- here's the thing. 
I think, sorry. No, please. To cut you off. I think that, um, like, the difference, like, if I were to have had Briella and with her white father and, you know, people said all the time that she looked, resembled him, but knew she was mine, you know, like, I think that would be a different scenario. Like, I guess kind of comparing it to, like, you and Jordan, like, it's still, like you said, there's a little bit of that pride thing, but... But when in these instances that I'm talking about, people have like questioned whether she actually is mine because, yes, yeah. And I think that I was like, you know, doing some research about it. And because, you know, off the top of my head, I think, well, that's because it's more prevalent for, you know, when you see like a a white mother or white father with an Asian child, that it's, you know, a lot of times it is because they were adopted. Adopted. And so people, yeah. yeah, So people question, or that's just the assumption. Yeah. Right. That's the assumption because it, it actually is like, historically the most um like koreans are the most um or at least they have been at points in history the most like prevalently adopted Adopted, in the u.s yep and so i think that that's that's what it is is people just assume and so when people like question me like well is she yours like or did you adopt her did you birth her you know like the questioning like the authenticity of like me being her actual birth mom like that's like the part that oh it's like you know he he looks like jordan yeah, like Chandler looks like Jordan, but like obviously people know he like came from you, and right. you know, so like I think that's the part that like just has rubbed me the wrong way sometimes, and I've I've had to learn to kind of navigate as I'm going through this journey, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. And but you know, it's and I know that, and I'm going to ask you to kind of share some of these instances that you've had, you've run into, mm-hmm. just so people. You know, because we talked a lot, especially that first time that it happened. We talked a lot about it because it was obviously very upsetting for you. And and I I do remember thinking, like, it's it's unfortunate that people even feel like they have the right to know, even if she let's just say she was adopted. <laughs> why? Yeah. Why? And I know it's like a curiosity thing, but at some point it's like we need to be, we, there are still boundaries, you know, like there yeah. are like, it, it. let's just say, you know, cause I, I do know people who have adopted children. If you were to say that to someone who adopted that child, they, that is their child, whether they right. biologically, you know, have the same genes or not by you saying like, Oh, are they yours? It's like, well, yes, they're mine. What are you asking though? Are you asking, yeah. did I birth them? So I think it's just kind of one of those things where, People just need to be a lot more um, quick, I guess, quick to think and slow to speak (laughs) because you just need to be a little more conscious of like how that sounds Um, because it's, and it's also just, it's just none of your business. Like it's such a, it's funny how when, and I talked about this, I think in the pregnancy episode that I did and like postpartum episode, it's crazy how like when, and I don't know if you experienced this, but like when you're pregnant, there's something about pregnancy and kids that people feel that they have the right to invade privacy or ask very personal questions. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. yikes. Even physical boundaries, like touching you. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, or even like, even once you have the kid, I can't tell you how many times I've had people walk right up to Chandler and like, it's usually old people. Let's just yes. say that. Yes. But, but, but like at the store and like, 
tickle his neck and I'm like whoa Mm. I don't know you like that's weird I would never come up to an adult and tickle their neck (laughs) like what a strange like invasion of privacy but because they're a child you feel like you have the right to like it's just interesting how like with kids and pregnancy and just kind of all that that time frame people the boundaries seem to be less and less yes like it's so interesting so I do want to have you share if you don't mind um you know a couple stories or the instance that you know the first one you know that we had Mm -hmm. really talked about just because I think again it's not people are very rarely I'm not saying it doesn't happen but I think rarely are going into situations like this or making comments like this maliciously it's always out of almost always out of curiosity or ignorance and yeah I just think it's helpful to hear these stories because like I told you when we talked about this I 100% have probably said or done something similar so right I I I think it's a good reminder for us so I agree I think you don't know until you know and you know if it's not pointed out to you and or you don't take it upon yourself to educate yourself then you know how, how would you know that something like that could be offensive? Right. But uh, what happened was um, when Andy was, she wasn't quite a year. So she was probably like, I want to say like six or seven months. Um, we had an appointment at uh, like, we won't say where, but just, yeah. it was in the medical field. We had a, an appointment and, um, and someone that was greeting us stopped me right away and just said, oh my gosh, like she is just like breathtakingly beautiful. And I was like, thank you. And like, you know, we, we get that from time to time. Um, you know, Indy's beautiful, but, um, so that's, you know, no big deal. But then she was like, you know, is she, is she yours? (laughs) And I was like very much caught off guard. And, and my daughter, Briella, my 14 year old was with me and she just, she's so intuitive, you know, her. So she's just like, she knew from the beginning, she was just like, uh, so uncomfortable and like on, on her face. Yeah. But she like, was like, what a weird she, thing to say. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. And I was like, yes. And in hindsight, you know, I probably would have reacted a lot differently, but I was just so caught off guard, especially yeah. being in like the medical like yeah. setting. Right. So um, I was like, yes, she's mine. And, and I was like pretty kind of point blank because I, you know, yeah, as much as I was all, caught off that's... guard, it was hurtful already. Like I was yeah. just like, yes, she's mine and she's she just kind of kept pressing and was just like oh yeah she just doesn't look like you at all you know she must look like her dad (laughs) she must look like her dad and I was like yeah she does she does look like her dad and she's just like yeah it's like her eyes her eyes are she doesn't have your eyes like they're different than yours and I was just like yeah yeah she she's got her dad's eyes for sure and like um was she adopted like she just it it was like longer yeah it kept going longer than like she wasn't picking up on the social cues. <laughs> like, it was like I was, like, shutting down. Like, yeah. I, and it probably was, like, all over my face that I was, like. Uncomfortable. Uh, like Uncomfortable. And, and hurt. Yeah. yeah. And and hurt, yeah. And I think that it was probably. I, I don't have a the skill of being able to hide my face. So <laughs> I probably was written all over my face. She just wasn't picking up on it. And, you know, in hindsight, I, I don't think that it was malicious at all. I think she was truly just curious. Yeah. And, you know, I can't blame anybody for being curious, but it's just like, I think if I learned anything from that situation, it's that hopefully we can like teach people and educate people to just like you said, like think before we speak and, and be 
quick to think and slow to speak so yeah. that we can not, because some of those things, like you said, are just, they're, they feel entitled to know, like, yeah. in wh- what, in what way does it change this, this situation of us <laughs> showing up for this appointment, whether this daughter is mine from birth or mine from adoption, like she's right. not any less mine regardless, but right. like, I just don't understand why those details are necessary and, and they hurt, like it hurt. I was like a wreck, you know, like looking back now, you know, I, I was like, and I like postpartum like season. So yeah. I wonder if that had anything to do with me being like more sensitive, but cause I think I can look back now and, and know that her intention wasn't to do that, but I just still don't think that it was right. Especially no. like as a medical professional, I think that, and I, I kind of pressed for that as I exited and, um, didn't go back to that, <laughs> yeah. Um, place again, but I, I just said, you know, I think it would probably be worthwhile to, to have your employees take some like cultural awareness yeah. and sensitivity courses, you know, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just to, so that we know this doesn't happen to other, other people and right. feelings don't get hurt unnecessarily. Well, you know. and the, the other thing that I thought about kind of after the fact and even just leading up to the, like knowing that we're going to have this conversation is like, okay, let's say, let's say this, this happened now. Okay. Indy's two and a half. Would, would she say those same things in front of her knowing that she's older? Probably. Yeah, that's my fear is yeah, like, you know, and it's like, like, I'm, I'm navigating this right now, but like my fear now is like, as my kids get older, like, yeah, how are my kids going to feel? when people start questioning whether their mom is their mom, you know, and like, they obviously know that I don't look just like them growing up with me, but like, they, it doesn't make me any less their mom. And like these people questioning it, like, I just wonder how that will make them feel. And, and that's what worries me is like, what is that going to put in their head? And, um, I don't know. It also like, how is that going to make them feel about themselves? You know, that. Right. Well, I feel like they're kind of stuck in this, like this strange, um, like situation where they're not like fully American, but they're not fully Korean. And so they're, they're right. just like kind of in this like limbo of like, where do I, what do I identify I, you know? with? Yeah. What do I identify as? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, the one thing that I do want to point out about this scenario <laughs> is that mm-hmm. this happened in a small town with not a lot of diversity. So That's true. that is also something to point out. I think That's that true. sometimes your environment can really dictate your actions, your thoughts, your views, etc. And that's mm-hmm. not always, you know, in someone's control. But what is in your control is just educating yourself, period, on these things. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. whether you live in a diverse area or not, or you live in an area with people that are not like you in any other way, <laughs> whether it's race or sexual orientation or even just, you know, demographic as far as like, you know, finance finances go or whatever it may be. Yeah. Like it's just being socially aware in general is like so important. And I think that that's part of, it's unfortunate, but unfortunately for fortunately and unfortunately for you and Brian, that's going to be something that you're going to have to also just instill at home. You know, like that's, those are going to have to be conversations that I don't necessarily have to have. Like you said, with, you know, when Indy gets older, when Cove gets older, like, are they gonna, how are they going to feel about themselves? And that's just an added layer that you as a family are going to have to commit to like 
you know, making sure that you stay on top of to make them feel confident and empowered and proud of who they are. Yeah. And to know how to like answer those questions like confidently and like, and educate other people kindly, but you know, and feel secure about doing that. Yeah. I think it, this is, again, this is a horrible example because I, again, don't have anything to relate to when it comes to race in this way. But one thing that I can, you know, I'm just thinking about like the sister aspect. So like Indy and Briella or Cove and Briella, you know, whatever, they look very different from their sister too, who is biologically their sister, you know, but they look very different from her and you know, how Briella is going to navigate that or already has had to, you know, and how they're going to navigate that. Like, Oh, that's my sister. It's like, Oh, is it your real sister? You know, like I, those Mm -hmm. things will probably happen. And it's, morally it's mostly because kids are just blunt (laughs) and they don't and they obviously don't know any better um at a certain age but like for for me like with Trisha Trisha's my half sister and so when I I remember I it's so crazy because I remember this so distinctly I was at this like kids camp thing when I it was like a bible camp bible study thing I don't even really remember what it was but I was probably in like second grade And somebody was like, oh, do you have any siblings? And I said, yeah, I have two sisters. I have a younger sister and an older sister. And they were like, oh, something. And I don't even remember how it got brought up. And then I was like, well, we have different dads. And they were like, oh, so she's not your real sister. And I was like, no, she's my real sister. Like, and I just, I had never, my mom, I, growing up, my mom never said she's your half sister. You know what I mean? Like that was not like a conversation. It was just like, she's your sister, you know? And so I was like, I remember sitting there thinking, so she's only my half sister. Like, what does that mean? And like getting so upset about it. And, and it's crazy because I I mean, literally I was like, how old are you in second grade? Like eight, like seven, you know, like I was so young and I still remember that like conversation. Yeah. So. That's my fear is like, you know, that these adults are out here, like they saying things that like hurt me as in the, a grown adult myself. Like, you know, like who's to say kids who, who don't know any better, like than these, these adults should, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, what are they going to say that is going to hurt her and that's going to stick with her for the rest of her life in her thirties, she's going to think back and look at, you know, like, yeah. Oh, well, my really changed my perspective when, you know, Freddie said this on the playground, like, right. Yeah. yeah. And I think, but yeah, you're right. It's just like our natural instinct as moms to want to protect them from everything. But unfortunately, like we can't, you know, like the world is out there. And, but all we can do is do our best at home to, inst- yep. like I said, instill in them that they're proud of themselves and yep. be proud of who they are and what they look like. And, and I think too, yes. like, you know, and you guys do a good job of this of like having books where like kids look like them in their books or having, you know, diverse you know, watch diverse movies or talk about, you know, go to places where kids don't all look the same, you know, like, and I think like at that, at their age that they are now, it's not something that they're probably noticing, you know, like, it's just not Mm -hmm. like, but as they get older, it, it may be, but you know, allowing them to, to be around people that are all different races and abilities and whatever it may be is only going to help them. And I think you guys are already doing that. So it's, you know, you can only do what you can do, unfortunately, (laughs) but yeah, but I do think that, you know, like you said, you took that opportunity to say, Hey, 
when this instant incident happened, hey, I know that this was not malicious, but this is not okay. And I think, you know, and it was like a teaching moment, you know, and we had talked yes. about that. It's like, it's not fair that it's put on you to point out that this should be a teaching moment. <laughs> it should be right. obvious and that it shouldn't even happen in the first place, but people are imperfect and, yep. you know, and it's giving grace and then just allowing yourself to, to teach rather than just shut it down. I actually, I think I've told you this story before, but I wanted to share this cause this was like another kind of instance. So, um, my friend Krista has, is white and has a daughter who is half black. And yeah. when she was little, I mean, Maddie was literally a baby. Um, uh-huh. we were at a grocery store and I was actually carrying her. We were grabbing stuff and Krista was grabbing some things and, um, I was actually carrying her in the, in her car seat and this little boy, I mean, couldn't have been truly could not have been older than seven or eight was walking with his mom. And he goes, I heard him clear as day. I mean, they were only like three (laughs) feet in front of us was like, mom, mom, why is that mom white? And that baby's black. And, and in that very moment, instead of her saying, Oh honey, like maybe her dad's black or, or, oh, I'm not sure, you know, why don't you, you, you know, in that case, that's a teaching moment. This kid does yeah. not know any different. But instead of doing that, she literally smacked him <laughs> and, oh, <no. laughs> and told him to be quiet and like pushed him ahead. And I just remember yeah. thinking in that moment, like that, that kid is never going to learn <laughs> that, sure. that that is either one, not an appropriate question to ask. Or he's not going to learn that like, okay, there's all families look different, you know, and, and that's okay. And that doesn't mean anything, you know, and, but instead it was like a source of like shame. Like the mom was like ashamed in that moment, which, you know, I can get that a little bit. I do. I do. I can understand that in some ways because you're like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that out loud. You know, I get that. Yeah. But that just breeds like this, this, um, generation and just like this culture of like not feeling like you can ask these difficult questions, which is the only way to like empower yourself with the knowledge to know how to navigate these situations. Right. It's like, you know, if you don't teach that, he's then just now going to be like, Oh, well, I just don't talk about race at all. And like, I'm not going to bring it up at all. And then, and then it's like, he's never going to know how to like address that kind of a situation. It's just going to make him uncomfortable always. Cause he remembered the first time he did it, he got smacked. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know? Exactly. And like, you're just not, you're instead of, and because, and because you're doing that, you're shutting their mind down Yeah. to think, yep. okay, that's either that's wrong. Cause mom just freaked out <laughs> or, yep. or it's, oh, we, oh, I can't, you know, I can't address that or I can't, we just don't talk about it as if, again, it's like this source of shame. And it's like, it just made me so, I remember that so distinctly and just was like, gosh, like that could have been such a good moment. (laughs) And instead it was really sad, you know, and kind of ugly, like, cause it was just not handled very well. And yeah. And it's just, it's an embarrassing situation, but yeah, you're right. You, I mean, kids are kids. They don't know any better than to just ask like blunt questions like that. And we have to, that's like part of parenting. You have to teach them these things so that they know how to better navigate in the future. And that's something that I wish, even though she was an adult that I wish I would have, you know, and now if I were to encounter that same situation, I think that I would, I would go about it differently. And I would just say, you know, like, um, 
yes, she is mine. And like, just for future reference, you know, it's sometimes hurtful when people ask like whether she actually is mine or not, because she, she would be mine regardless whether she was adopted or she isn't, but I did birth her. And, you know, um, even though she doesn't have like my skin tone and my eye shape, like she doesn't make her any less mine. So just going forward, like this is like how a better way to like, to ask those questions or these are like better questions to ask, you know, than I wish I would have like said something like that. But, but again, it's a learning experience for both of you. Like, and now, and now you feel more empowered to do that. And like you said, Mm -hmm. I mean, you were very much in a postpartum fog at that point. So it was, you know, you, and you were, that's probably one of, I think it was probably the first time that you were kind of in that type of situation. So that's kind of jarring, you know, I can imagine that that would be a little jarring to be like, whoa, okay, we're going there, I guess, you know, like, it's just, yeah, I, I think it's pretty normal to not be on your toes. You always think about what you would have said later, you know, like I would have done this or I should have said this. Friends, I am so excited to tell you all about this month's podcast sponsor, Just Between Friends Grand Rapids. If you know me well, you know I love to thrift shop. Just Between Friends is a twice a year kids mega consignment sale where local families can save hundreds of dollars and make hundreds of dollars on everything they need to raise confident, stylish, good looking kids. Families sell items they've outgrown and buy items they need at 50 to 90% off retail. Yes, you heard that correctly. Shoppers can stop running around to garage sales, having failed meetups, and get everything they need for the next six months all in one clean, safe, organized space. This upcoming sale in November is a bonus sale that will have all seasons of clothes, winter items to bathing suits for those perfect winter vacays. And after the sale, unsold items can be donated to local West Michigan charities, so everyone in the community wins. The average seller made over $500 in the last sale. Join them and turn your unused children's clutter into cash. They have consigner coaches who can help you along the way and a Facebook group that is super supportive. For more information and to purchase your tickets for the sale, visit www.grandrapids.jbfsale.com. So, and we've touched on some of this, but if there's anything else that comes to mind, like, what have you learned like from navigating the world now having biracial kids that was like different than raising Briella? Has there been anything that's like been surprising to you that you're, you know, you're like, Oh, I guess I wouldn't have thought about that until this happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, so different than raising Briella, I, I do feel like this um, like kind of sense of responsibility that I feel like I need to um educate myself on some of like the Korean um, like culture and just in case that that's something that my girls are interested in at any point, like um, just a little uh, backstory, but like Brian is um, he's adopted from Korea. He was adopted at five months and his, his parents here are um, very white, very Dutch. They are, (laughs) um, you know, like, They, uh, and he has three siblings that are also, um, they are birthed from his, his mom and dad here. So they are also all white. He's the only adopted child in that family. And, um, he just, he kind of identifies as like, um, white male. (laughs) So he, he doesn't, 
yeah, he's not super interested in his, um, like, birth culture at all. But, like, I just think, and maybe this is generalizing, but, like, sometimes, like, women and girls are just maybe more curious about that. Or I guess I just think in myself, if I were in that position, that I would be more curious about, like, the the culture that I was birthed from and, and the, the place that I originated, you know, I would be curious about what it's like there. And I mean, we've talked about traveling there, but I just, I want to empower myself and the girls to, um, to know some of the things that, that they practice there that maybe we can kind of instill in in their childhood. And so that's something that's, that kind of weighs on me that clearly doesn't with Briella. Yeah. Um, And then just, you know, like there's no way for me to fully know what it's going to be like for them because I will never be in their shoes. My, my two young girls, um, where, you know, they, they don't, they look a little bit like my mom and a little bit like my dad, but, um, no one's ever like, Oh, you look just like, you know, at least not their mom. So, um, just know that I'll never understand like what it's like for, for my young girls to be like part American or part Caucasian and part Korean. So that's something I can't like carry for them, but I want to give them the space to, to feel that. So, I mean, that's something I'm trying to teach Yeah. as I'm, as I'm, you know, parenting along, parenting them (laughs) is just making sure that they know that that's okay. That, and, and I don't fully understand, but, Right. They're allowed to feel however they feel about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I thought about um, and this kind of like spurred on thoughts of like when I had my conversation with M, um, I was thinking about like something that would be, you know, different is like, you know, as a parent, you're filling out when you're going to doctor's appointments or whatever, you're filling out medical information and it's so natural to just like start checking, you know, all the things that are similar to you. But for yeah. them, they're going to be checking different boxes than yeah. you and Briella are, which is like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know what, what, what made me think of that um, earlier today, but I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Like, and again, it's, yeah, it's true. It, it's not necessarily a big deal, but, but it's just like something that you have to think about that I don't have to think about, you know, like it's, yeah, it's something that you are going to be aware of that the girls are going to be aware of that Brian is aware of that that I don't have to be aware of. And so it's just like, it's just interesting to have those thoughts about, you know, and it's just in general, like talking about race and stuff, it's important for, for me, just so you know, and that I, you know, want to make sure that that the, all these conversations that you're having are just as important for me to have with my kid who is the exact same race as me, (laughs) because I want him to feel proud of who he is. I want him to be, you know, confident in who he is and to know who he is. But I also want him to be thinking about how others feel who are and look and how they have to navigate the world that are different than him and myself, you know? And like our world is very much set up for white people. (laughs) And so it's, you know, and it's, it's something that is unfortunate. And I think in some ways it is getting better Um, but it is very much a white dominated world. And like, it's something that I want Chandler to be very aware of. And, you know, and it's funny because like I said earlier, I don't know when this switches, but like kids don't like kids don't notice at this age, you know, Chandler's two, Indy's two and a half. 
I don't think Indy's looking at Chandler being like, he looks a lot different than I do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't think Chandler's looking at Indy and being like, oh, her eyes are different or her hair is Mm -hmm. different or her skin tone is darker than mine. You know, well, most people's skin tone is darker than Chandler's to be very fair, but like (laughs) (laughs) he's basically Um, (laughs) see-through. But like, I don't think he notices that. But as we raise our kids together, he or she may notice, you know, and Indy may say like, wow, you know, I, and again, this is no fault (laughs) to any of us or to, you know, to your group of friends, but a majority of your friends are white. So they have white children. And so I just want you to know that I'm going to work very actively to make sure that my son is very open and inclusive. And it is not an issue when he grows up with Indy thinking like, Oh, Indy looks different than me, but Oh, well, she's Indy, you know, like it's just just who she is. She's my friend, you know? So I, no, I, I appreciate that so much. It's very on par with who you are and like who you've always been. And I think that like, people who know you even as far back as like grade school and high school and you know middle school like that's just very on par with who you are and and it doesn't shock me at all that you would make sure that you instill that in your kids that they are accepting of all people because I remember that even from school that you it's a standout um like memory of how like inclusive you were and sweet and kind you were to to everyone so that is just it's well, you're still such a good friend of mine. Oh. I like to keep you around because you're such a, a good influence on me. Thank you. But, same, same to you. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I think that the kids, like, they truly don't really register, um, like, the, the skin color. And, and I don't want to, like, point out, point those things out, you know, and, until it's, like, a age appropriate. But mm-hmm. we do have a book, and it's one of Indy's favorite books is called um, The Color of Us. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, and so she really loves it. And there's a, it's kind of like interactive where um, like there's like a spinning wheel and it goes around like looking at like all these different kids who, um, who have all different skin colors and hair colors and whatnot. And then there's another page where it's like a rainbow of skin colors. So it's all these different squares of skin colors. And then there's a little cutout and you can put your, your hand behind it and it, um, and you add your hand color to the rainbow and you know, we talk about that. And so we both do it, you know, whenever we go to bed at night and read it and she's always like, my color is orange and she's like, <laughs> and your color is yellow. So it's like those wheels are already turning. Like she yeah. doesn't like, you know, it's just, she's not grasping it. She's it. Yeah. Right. No, it's like not like she's not dwelling on it and it's not a thing. It's just, She's orange and I'm yellow, yeah. you know, and daddy's brown. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's so funny. And, I love and that. like, we have another one that's like, um, uh, family, uh, I can't even remember, but it definitely talks about like all the different kinds of families there are. Yeah. And like, um, there's a page where it's like, you know, some families look alike and some maybe not like moms from somewhere cold and dad's from somewhere hot. And it's like the mom <laughs> yeah. and dad look very different. And so we definitely have those books in there so that, you know, she's realizing that this is not just her, that this is, right. there's many people throughout the, the world that have similar situations where their mommy and daddies look different and therefore I look different. And so she hopefully feels like included and, Oh, for sure. And, but you're right. We live in just a very, rural um you know small town and and so she's not seeing a ton of it but I think it is our job to to just make sure she knows all of these things yeah yeah for sure yeah so what would you 
like others, you know, to take away from this topic or this conversation? Or what would you like others to know um, specifically when it comes to this? Yeah, I think that um, maybe just knowing like how to address um, any kind of like biracial family, um, whether you're talking to parents or children on like certain like verbiage of, you know, ways to ask things um, or even just not to ask things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Cause it's like, I understand sometimes like that burning sensation to like, want to ask, like you just get, ah, like how many weeks pregnant are you? You know, I gotta know, (laughs) Ah, you know, and it's just like, but why, why do you care? You know? So it's like, sometimes like maybe just taking a second and like, before you just like blurt out, like, Oh, is she yours? Like, you know, did you adopt her? Like, you know, you know, you're just trying to make conversation to be friendly, but like, what if anything is that information going to serve you you know right and if it doesn't do anything and and you're just trying to make conversation maybe think of there's another way to make a conversation (laughs) you know instead of asking that because I just think that yeah um yeah we should I think I said that when I posted about this on my social media but that we should at this day and age you know we're so socially aware of like other people's feelings and so many other facets that we haven't been in like in previous generations and like I just think that that's something that we should add to the list is like you know not not asking some of the difficult questions just out of the sake of like curiosity right and I think there's a difference between personally in my opinion I you can tell me differently but like there's a difference in a random person in a doctor's office or a random person at the park who you'll probably never see again or whatever asking something like that than it is for, let's say we were all, and again, you know, you've, I've introduced you to a mutual friend and we've hung out twice. And then that person is like curious and getting to know you in my eyes, that's a little different because it's like, okay, I'm like, help, like you said earlier, like, help me educate, like, educate me. Like, you know, I want to know about your family. That's more like, that's coming from a place of love. Like I want to know you and I want to know who you are rather than someone who is literally not connected to you. (laughs) You're just, we'll never see you again. (laughs) We'll never see you again. Or is literally just encountering you by happenstance. Like, yeah, that is that is coming from a place of like just morbid curiosity and mm. nose and like nosiness, honestly, nosiness. And, absolutely. Yeah. That's nail on the head. Yeah. And it's like, OK, that's a little different. Like, in my opinion, yes. I don't know. I agree. I yeah. no, I do. I firmly agree. And, and I also think that it's like the way that you ask, you know, like yeah. whether you're someone I know or whether you're not like it could be coming from a place of love if it's, you know, like the situation you guys just explained where it's like a friend and they're just trying to get to know you. So they're asking those questions that's coming from a truly a place of like interest in who you are and wanting to know more about you and your family, you know, versus like the stranger, like you said, it is different. But also I do think that even in that situation that there's a way to ask it. And, and maybe that would come through when someone's asking that, that's like, you know, like, so tell me like where, where is Brian from or, you know, like, yeah, whatever it is. Like, I just think that, maybe that would come through, but it just, it didn't in these situations. So that's why it was so hurtful. Yeah, no, I, I can completely understand why it would be, you know, obviously I'm not living that reality, but I can, I could 
see how that would be incredibly hurtful. So I think that's super helpful for people to hear. So I hope that people listening to this, it's like, again, it's just stopping and thinking about something, realizing number one, do I really need to know this? Like you said, is this really going to change the outcome of this interaction? (laughs) Like, am I, you know, am I doing this because I'm trying to create a relationship with this person and learn more about them? Or am I genuinely just being nosy, you know, and we've all had those moments. We've all had our nosy moments. I will not pretend like I have not, you know, so it's me too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I think it's important to remember that. So, yeah. And, And I guess the other thing would be that I, um, rather than like commenting on like the way she looks, I think that like, I don't want like her like foreignness and her mm-hmm. like exotic look, you know, if you will, yeah. but to be like the only like identifying characteristic oh, about her. So it's absolutely. like, you know, before you like go to like comment on somebody's like appearance in any way, like, you know, I also have a daughter that's 14 that looks just like me. That's white. But like, you know, before you were to, were to say something about how she looks also on her physicality in any way like her her hair her body anything like there's there's more to her than just like her outer shell and same with yeah. the girls like I don't want them to be only known for like this appearance that they yeah. have you know because oh, they're absolutely. obviously so much more than that you know like their Indy is also like incredibly smart and she's super like silly and you know same with Briella but I just I, I don't want us to be like a a nation that like thinks that we can just up and yeah. comment on people's like physicality so nonchalantly. You yeah. Know? That's something this is it's funny that you say this because this is something that I just talked to my friend Katie about recently is um that's something I learned from a podcast, which I had never thought of it like this before. Um, but she was talking about adults, but she was talking about like weight loss and things like that and about how she had lost weight and people started commenting about like, Oh my gosh, you look so good. And, you know, and it's natural Mm -hmm. for people to like sometimes notice those things, but it, it immediately made her feel bad because she Mm -hmm. then was like, well, did I look really bad before? Like, why are you pointing it out now? Or why is that, why is that the thing that you're focusing on? You know, like when you see me, it's not like, Oh, I haven't seen you in forever. It's like, Oh my God, you've lost a ton of weight or whatever. Or, Oh my gosh, I love your hair. You know, it's, and it's hard because it's like, you want to compliment people, you know, especially sure. if it's a genuine Some compliment. Some people like want that, you know, yes. some people do like crave like that kind of attention, but it's like, you don't, you never know that you, maybe you're talking to someone who has like a difficult situation with food. And yeah. like, by saying that you're only like digging them further into a hole or hurting right. their, their situation. Right. And, and so we were having this conversation cause I listened to this podcast. This is a while ago, but we were having this conversation and I was like, I, and what she said was on the podcast was I just want us to all stop commenting on each other's bodies period. And yeah. whether that is looks or weight or whatever, mm-hmm. it's just not necessary. There are so many other things that you can compliment someone on and still be genuine, yeah. you know, <laughs> but yes. so I've like really taken that. And I, I don't like, I don't, even if I've noticed like some, Oh my God, they have like, they've really been working out. I can tell like, they look amazing. I'm not going to say yeah. anything because I don't want that person to feel like their worth to me is measured in how they look. So very beautifully put. Yeah. So I think that that is like, it's, it's a good lesson for us to 
instill in our kids as they grow, you know, because I, and, and to learn that to, for themselves to act to other people too. Like, you know, it's, I mean, it's, again, it's a hard balance because you want to be able to be real with people and give a compliment, but, but you also don't want that to be like the only thing that you're pointing out about people. So, yeah, I just think we need to be like more empathetic and like put ourselves in other people's shoes where it's like, you know, you might have every intention of being genuine when you're saying like, wow, you look amazing right now. But it's like, what if that person lost a bunch of weight because like their mom just died and they couldn't eat and they haven't eaten in like, you know, right. Yeah. Weeks. And so they just lost a bunch of weight or they are struggling with a health concern themselves or something, you know, you just never know. So it's like, I think it's good practice to be like, when you feel the urge to like, want to comment on someone's like physicality or appearance in like, like my daughter like saying like wow she's like so beautiful and whatever it is yeah or like, like look at her you skin just, like, tone you lost weight. And, exactly oh, she's like, got beautiful hair and yeah yes, like you like, know all, all these things eyes. and it yeah, is it's you just like, lost weight you look great it's like yes. rather than just like coming out and word vomit like saying that like look at something else or think about something else about them that like you could comment on instead you know like something about their personality or their outfit or yeah. you know like something else yeah rather than their body yeah. Your appearance. Very, very wise. You're so wise. <laughs> <laughs> Just learning as Just, I go, man. Yep. I mean, we really all are. So, yeah. Well, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you want to say? Maybe just that, like, after saying all of this, that I do know that, like, we're all human and that, like, you, you also pointed out, like, I feel like I am so guilty of all of these things as well. So, like, not to come out, like, pointing fingers at other people because we're all just human. Um, so, like, just that I get that and and we're all learning. So, this is, like, a, a learning curve for all of us learning yes. together. So, yes, I like don't place any blame on anybody who has like been in that kind of situation and like ask those questions or even ask them to me, like you live and you learn. And all you can do is like, now that you know, and if you're listening to this and you've heard this, maybe that will, um, you know, empower you to, to go about a situation like this differently. Yeah, absolutely. No judgment. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So final question. Can't wait to hear your answer. Um, mm-hmm. if you could do anything just for the hell of it, what would it be? I was just asking Brian about this. Cause I was like, what have you heard me say that like, <laughs> I would really want to do? Cause I'm like having trouble, like, uh, like articulating what it would be, but I, I put some thought to it. I, I think that what I would really want to do if I could, if I could do anything and money was no object and, you know, my situation with like the kids and my work life was n- not a factor, I would really love to have like a, um, a food and like craft cocktail truck oh or like gosh. one of each, you yeah. know, like I think that would <laughs> yes. be really fun to do and like to, to be able to like offer to people and like come up with like the menus and stuff. And like, oh, that would just be really fun. Maybe I think that be, I would like, maybe that'll be yeah. like your second, like your second career. Like, yeah, <laughs> like no, after, I thought about that. Like after the girls are like grown and like older yes. and you can, because anyone that knows Tiffany knows she's an amazing cook. Like she fed us. We used to have Wednesday night dinners, friends dinners, mm-hmm. and she would feed us every week. And it was like the only meal that I would actually eat every week. That was like, <laughs> that was like homemade for a long time. It was really sad. Um, and she also loves a fancy cocktail. This is okay. I have to say this because 
I we always give Tiff like crap that she's like so extra and she's always like I'm not extra and I'm like you want to know how I know that you're extra like in the best way (laughs) I was like if I invited the girls over for drinks one night I would have a case of like like literally like hard seltzers and you Mm -hmm. would have a handcrafted cocktail that you have Absolutely. muddled, muddled berries and, yes. and cut some a herbs. Yes. Yeah, Definitely herbs. herbs. <laughs> there yeah. may be some smoke involved. There'll like be she's smoke, some <laughs> she... kind of special rim. <laughs> <laughs> like she is so over the top. So when I say that you are extra, I mean it in the best way, but yeah. I love that dream for you. I think you should do it. Start just, you know, start brainstorming. Cause I it, should. Because one day it might just feel like the right time. And I think you would yeah, kill it. Yeah, it's going to be here before we know it. I mean. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> oh, well, gosh. I mean, we're already in our 30s. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, true. But yeah, maybe my second career. Yes. After the girls are grown, that'll be something else. I'll well, try. I love that for you. I hope that happens. Thanks. I can't wait to eat and drink when I'm not pregnant. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. <laughs> well, thank you for doing this. I love you dearly. I think this is going to be a very helpful and enlightening episode. Yes, of course. Always. All right. All right. Well, I'll see you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. bye. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I truly love learning about other people's views and life experiences, especially when they are so different from my own. Tiffany is navigating motherhood so beautifully, and I couldn't be more proud of her. Race is a tough subject, and unfortunately, it's not always handled in the best ways. But if we continue to educate ourselves and others, we just might be able to make this world a little bit more accepting and inclusive. Be sure to follow For the Elevate on Instagram for behind the scenes, episode highlights, and more. And if you haven't already, be sure to rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen on. Well, that is all I have for you today. As always, thank you for being here, friends. I will see you next week.